You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Put that in your pipe and smoke it and see what you come up with. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. I'm your host, Jamie Arrington. Here with your break from all of the high resource five propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Here with me now, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations. How are you? We are at the Casa de Bailey in the backyard recording this episode. Uh, weather it's uh, it's mild out tonight. Uh, nice out. Golden Eagles are playing on the radio, taking on. UNO, so hopefully they can turn their fortunes around on all of that. Um, kind of an interesting Southern Miss weekend, Southern Miss week. Um, not necessarily the the one you were looking for, but you know we got a couple of wins out of it in baseball. Some news this week: to the top talk is now on iHeartRadio. So if you have the iHeartRadio app, you can listen to all of the episodes as they are posted and as they come out. So excited about that to have another channel to reach more fans with the Southern Miss gospel. Yeah, how'd you pull that off? Uh, you just had to submit a form. Oh. They were pretty they're pretty liberal with it. They're just like, yeah, I got a message back yesterday, and they're like, yeah. That's like the, that's the only other thing that I listen to. I mean, outside of just straight-up podcasts, like downloaded on iTunes. Yeah. I'm I'm an iHeart guy. Well, there you go. So, so it's you, really cool. I, I, feel like, I feel like we've made it. <laughs> <laughs> we've made it all the way to my backyard. And, and we're on more than just this, but iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. I had another podcast company I didn't even reach out to say that we're on their service too, so that's cool. Um, so hopefully we can keep it going, but just trying to give you guys more options to listen and you know spread the word. Um, trying to trying to build something special with this show, so good times and all that good stuff. Also, uh, Corey Robertson, former Southern Miss wide receiver, on his way to the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. I can't remember if his he's on day two, which I think is Saturday. I think I'm, it's receivers' day on I, the TV. I, I'm glad. Well, and I haven't heard yet, but you know the combine is when you start hearing about, like here in the next couple of days, you're going to start hearing about. Well, the guy's going, but he's not going to throw. Yeah, the guy's yeah. going, and he's not going to run. What the why go? Isn't that like getting selected like to an all star team and saying you're not going to play? Or something. Yeah. Well, you know, you can go for the interviews and stuff like that. I guess. But um, I mean, like specifically, if you're a quarterback, I just hey, he's he's only going to throw on his pro day. That yeah. would be like Corey saying, "I'm going to go and I'm not going to like run a route." I, I just don't. I don't understand. I guess if it's a situation where you're like a top ten pick, you don't want to have an off day and just ruin your chances of of making, you know, five million instead of ten million. If you're scared, say you're scared. Yeah. There you go. But I think, <laughs> you know, Southern Miss guys, um, typically for the most part, they do well at the combine. I don't necessarily do – I don't know if they do well, but it definitely improves their standings. A lot of the guys that we've had go to the combine have gotten drafted higher than anticipated. Um, and I, I think it's a situation – okay, so 2006, I was at the Cardinals draft day party, and uh, I was one of the only people to uh, – I was like one draft pick off from like getting the first top ten right that year. Wow. So – I almost won season tickets to the Cardinals. But anyways, so we're sitting there. I'm talking to some of my buddies. And, you know, of course, Matt Leinart was going to get drafted. And they were like, oh, we don't want Jay Cutler. 
And I was just like, well, here's the thing about Jay Cutler. You know, he did play in Southeastern Conference, but he played at Vanderbilt. So for somebody at Vanderbilt to get drafted that high, there has to be something that people like about him. Mm-hmm. You know, is you know, you're, you you could play quarterback at Vanderbilt. You're not going to just automatically be at the top of the charts. You're going to have to do something to kind of prove your that you should be there. And I think somebody like Corey, I think this is a great opportunity for him to be seen. I think that you know he's got the skills we all know that he has. And I think he's starting to catch on with a lot of the draft nerds. But for him to go up there at the combine, for them to see how big he is. Mm-hmm. And another thing we've talked about with pro days the past few years, you look at guys like Kalen Reed, for example, who was off the charts on some of his drills, particularly the vertical. He would have he would have tied for the lead at the combine on his vertical. And I think it's the job that we've done in strength conditioning the past few years. So I'm curious to see how, you know, not only – the work that Corey's done in strength conditioning at Southern Miss, but you know, he's been training down at Michael Johnson's training camp, right. the former uh, Olympian, the famed mm-hmm. Olympian on, on his speed. So, I mean, if Corey can crack a four, four, uh, the sky's the limit. Well, so I guess that's the advantage of going, especially for, you know, for guys specifically from Southern Miss is that you can go and, um, if there are some teams out there that thought, well, he put up the numbers, but he put it up in that conference. Right. Or he did this or did that. Um, or he's listed as 6'3", but we don't really know. I guess, you know, guys like Corey can truly benefit from going to the combine where you can just – it is it is what it is. It's a combine. Everybody's yeah. there, right? So yeah. um, I can't wait. I, I think I think Corey's numbers are going to just jump off the charts with these uh, with these scouts and these um, this different ownership groups. And um, I think he's going to dominate the interviews. He's a humble guy. Um, he's honest. He just tells it like it is. Um, and he kind of plays the same way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so what, what I hope for Corey, <laughs> I don't know if they have this drill, and I know they don't, but um, how cool would it be if they had a drill where you could catch the ball and just see how many tackles you can break? <laughs> <laughs> right. Because that right. would be impressive on Corey's part. Yeah, absolutely. I think he would dominate but I wish that. K-Rob all the luck in the world, man. So glad that we got to watch him and uh, can't wait to watch him some more. I know of at least two teams that have him, that had him over a month ago as a second-day pick. Um, They had him on their boards as a second- or third-round pick. Um, And two, a funny thing about this show, you can see where it's listened to around the country. So the episode, if you guys want to check out our interview with Corey from a few weeks back, you know, go to the archives. But I can see the different cities where it's listens to. And, and of course, you don't know, okay, is this a fan or is this an actual person? But there's some cities where you'd be like, okay, well, we don't normally get listens from Ashburn, Virginia, where the Redskins home office is. Mm. But... You know, we get a Juicy. lot. This this one particular, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, so you so you called, and listeners that listened last two years ago, well, it was last year, whatever, whenever Jalen Machard went, was that last year? Uh, two years ago. Two yeah. years ago. Yeah. So you called that he was going to the Raiders. You said yeah. he was going to be undrafted and go to the Raiders. And when you when you brought it up, I said, you know what, that makes a ton of sense. And then it happened. So you're one for one. Um. So. Where's Corey going, and where's Ito going? Uh, I'm going to need some more time on this. We're going to have to see how it kind of plays out. <laughs> if, if you know the two teams I'm talking about that that are rumored to have Corey High on their board are the uh, Colts and the Redskins, and it could be more than that. I mean, who knows? It, there's a lot that could change between now and then. Um, you know, it was kind of around pro day where the chatter about the Raiders kind of it 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 just kind of felt like it could be a thing. 
Isn't Briggs um, also at uh, Indianapolis? Indy? Yeah, he sure be is. Two, I mean, if it happened, that would be two former Southern Miss receivers. Well, and I'm not – I really hope he doesn't go to the Colts just because I don't know how much longer before Luck gets to play again. You know, I guess Jacoby Brissett is, is serviceable, but um, Andrew guess, Luck, I, they, they haven't been 100% honest with his health issues. Uh-huh. Well, I, I guess – yeah, I'm looking at that also. Well, if you look at Redskins, you don't even know if Cousins is going to be there. Well, cause you know they signed Alex Smith. Okay. Yeah. Who never throws a wide receiver? Yeah. <laughs> they traded for <laughs> he Alex. He can throw Smith. a deep ball though. Yeah. And Corey well, can run a deep route. He, he had, you know, he had uh, he had Kelsey, and uh, he did com- complete to a Hill last year some, uh, but I don't see. So, would you rather Corey go to a place with an established quarterback that you know can get him the ball, or a place that needs wideouts? Um, I guess. Ultimate, I mean, in a perfect world, both. But yeah, ultimately the best fit. I mean, you, you want him to have a chance to shine. Like Jalen went to the perfect place. Yeah, best fit because we thought he had a fantastic opportunity to make the team. Right. I tell you, I mean, and I'm a homer when I say this, but I really think that um, New Orleans would be a great fit for Corey. I agree. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it'd be great to go see him, and we'd be able to get jerseys and the like. But with with the way they're playing right now, and as much as they're running the ball, Corey's an excellent run blocker. He's a guy that you know somebody like Breeze could have another end zone target. Let's be honest. I mean, some of the receivers there, some of the secondary receivers for the Saints, uh, are probably not coming back next year. They're probably not going to get their contracts renewed. Just Brandon Coleman for one. He'd be a great replacement for Brandon Coleman. And I'm not even so sure that Willie Sneed comes back. So. Uh, they're gonna need some some help at receiver, and and that's a team that's on the verge of, you know, possibly making a Super Bowl run just with a piece here and there. So, I think he'd be a great fit I mean, there. But I would have to take off every Monday for the entire football season because <laughs> you would go Saturdays at the Rock, yeah. Sundays at the Dome, and Monday's just not gonna happen. I'm 41 years old, and I just go. Sunday might not happen with K. Rob there, maybe, but uh, Saturday at the Rock, Sunday at the Dome. Monday on my couch. <laughs> right. So, uh, best of luck to Corey. Uh, before we talk about baseball, basketball, and the like, uh, shout out to Chris Landry. I went to that uh, re-grand right. opening party at the Residence Inn. We've been we've been plugging on the show, and man, it was jam-packed out. Ran into a couple of Southern Miss guys, Jim Cole, Cody Bilstein, among others. Uh, but good to see Chris. But man, by the time I got there, I, I didn't get back till later. Uh, I mean, people had wiped the food. I mean, a lot of the food out. Sponsored uh, by Glorybound, right? Standing only. There were several several places there that were feeding people. Okay. Glorybound was one of them, but they had several places that were feeding. Um, but it was jam-packed out for, for a re-grand opening party, man. I don't know that you could have done it much bigger. So kudos to them for that. If you're in town, definitely check them out as an option for your hotel needs in the Hub City. All right, let's talk a little baseball. Let's do it. This week, the Golden Eagles uh, finished up two and two. Uh, uh, had a couple of disappointments, but they actually played baseball this weekend, which was a little bit of, of a surprise if you were listening to how things were playing out last week. So the tournament at Stephen F. Austin got canceled. They had to scramble to find a replacement. They get UT Martin to come to Hattiesburg, so it gives us three more home games this year, which was pretty remarkable that they were able to pull it off so fast. Uh, the week started off. Did we talk? We talked about South Alabama last mm-hmm. week. Okay, we so I think uh, we did. This, yeah, we did show like the day after. Yeah, that's right. All that right, was so no fun. Good. We don't talk about South Alabama again. And I could barely hold my, hold my eyelids open. I remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> so the Golden Eagles took on UT Martin. Uh, first two games, 
just came out there and and knocked the cover off the ball, winning sixteen to two and thirteen to four. The last day, Golden Eagles fell behind early and and tried to mount a few rallies, but just couldn't pull it out. Fell thirteen to ten to the uh, to UT Martin. That's not not what you wanted to happen, but it's just it's just baseball. Those, those things are going to happen. What it shows me is. We've we're pretty much we've got we're in a good situation pitching on Friday and Saturday. Sunday and Tuesday is going to be a crapshoot the rest of the year. It's going to come up. It's going to be up to the hitting to make it work as far as the the, the way the pitching is performing right now. You know, with with this is going to sound weird, but the key to our season might be Colt Smith. <laughs> I hope he's, hel- I hope you know, he's healthy. Uh, once he comes back from this, I, I, from what I understand, he's throwing bullpens pain-free. Um, there's no need to rush it, especially with the offensive power that we have. We can just we can coast through these games. We can get some guys, some innings. We can try to get J.C. Keys right. We can try to get Nelms right. Um, we can get Walker Powell, like tonight. Walker's throwing. Yeah, Get him some right. more innings. We can get that going. We kind of know what we got with Colt, especially if he's throwing pain-free. But – yeah, I mean, as weird as it is to say, with players, um, with with uh, pull pitchers like Sandlin on Friday, with Stevie Powers doing a fine job on Saturday, um, with a stacked lineup like with Luke Reynolds, with the emergence of Gabe Montenegro, of course Matt Walner. It's really weird to say that Colt Smith might be the key to the whole season, but um, if he can come back and be the All Conference performer like he was last year, you're going to go with, um, you know. Top level talent on Friday on the mound. Better than average, at worst, talent on the mound on Saturday. And then, you know, a guy like, which I think Walker Powell might end up being that Sunday guy. There's, you know, nobody in college baseball has a dominant Sunday guy. The best teams in the country have a dominant Friday, a uh, honestly just a better than average to dominant Saturday, and a get me by Sunday and Tuesday. And, um, and we're not far away from that. Um, and like we were talking before the show, you know, a lot of people said, or a lot of people have asked me here lately, like, why in the world aren't we, like, recruiting more pitching? But don't forget, we lost two of the best pitchers, not due to graduation. We lost them to the draft. Right. So you want to have guys that have those kind of years where the pros come calling. I mean, good Lord, can you imagine what our rotation would look like if we put Sandlin as the Friday guy, and then if we had uh, Braley and McCarty going Friday, uh, Saturday and Sunday? That's just unheard of, you know. And and if we still have Walner to close, that's a top three team. Yeah, no doubt. So yeah, we lost two of the best pitchers, and we're still okay. You know, uh, losing that game to UT Martin, yeah, on Sunday kind of sucked. But um, you rather lose it now and learn a little bit from it. At least we told ourselves we can come back because we were getting smoked in that game. Right. At least we made a comeback, um, mostly courtesy of uh, Luke Reynolds. Yeah. Yet again. Um. Hey, what about Gabe Montenegro, by the way? My goodness. Well, he's a guy that, if you remember right, you know, Rick told us about, Rick Maddox told us about him last year. Yeah. He kind of described his pedigree as being from Guatemala. His dad played on the Guatemala national team. He played on the Guatemala national team as like a 16 or 17-year-old or something. His mom was an Olympian. So he comes from that line. And we met him all out in the roost. Um, we're just kind of wondering if he was going to get a shot. And if he did it, what's he going to do with it? Well, he got his shot, and uh, it's going to be hard to get him out of the lineup. As much firepower as we have, uh, and the kind of team that Southern Miss has, you kind of always got to stay on your A game offensively. Because if you don't, there's some other guy waiting. That's, right. And, and that's what Gabe was. 
And uh, he got his shot, and he's just killing the ball. So, um, yeah, another left-handed stick. That's like 16 left-handed sticks in our lineup, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take them. But, uh, hey, the bats, I mean, even with the law, I mean, you look at those the games this past weekend, 16 runs, 13 runs, 10 runs. I mean, that's what, 39 runs in three games? I mean, that's pretty stout. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Um, the expectations on this team are so high, are so incredibly high that people will look and say, you got beat by UT Martin. Granted, it should never happen. If we play them 99 times in a row, or, you know, like we win 99 out of 100. But that's baseball. Yeah. Um, like I said, the good thing is we made a comeback. The bad thing is, I hope it's not too big of an RPI hit. That's a home loss, too. Sure. Um, but like you started off the segment, I'm just glad we played baseball. Yeah. And even in Hattiesburg, I couldn't believe we were going to do it. And that 11 o'clock game didn't start till what? Five or five six. Five or something. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad we got them in. I'm glad we got some innings. I'm glad we got some reps. And um, and hopefully we can pull this game out tonight and, and get a little uh, – Get a little uh, momentum going into uh, Pensacola. The Friday night game didn't start till about five or six. The eleven that got pushed back like an hour or two wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. So that's what I was thinking of when. He, when oh yeah, yeah. The two. two o'clock it was supposed game. to be two o'clock. Yeah, that's yeah. Right, that's right. That's right. Okay, but hey, how much better could Sandlin look on that? Yeah, he's so, given up zero runs this year. That's insane. Hey, we'll take <laughs> it, man. We'll take it. Hopefully, they ice the arm down. So as, as it sits right now, as of this recording. Of course, the Golden Eagles are about to throw the first pitch in just a couple of minutes. But as of right now, five and two on the year. That was two and two on the week. About to take on UNO at six thirty. UNO is always a sneaky game. I think we beat them twice last year, if I'm not mistaken. But it's always a sneaky game for us. They that's a game they usually um, show up for. This weekend, Golden Eagles playing down in Picola, Pensacola, Florida, at Blue Wahoo Stadium in the Cox Diamond Invitational on Friday. March the 2nd, taking on Eastern Michigan at 6 p.m. Then on Saturday, that's March the 3rd, taking on Ohio State at 3 p.m. Then on Sunday, the 4th, taking on Nichols State at 2 p.m. So you got a couple of different options there to, you know, if you can make the, what, three-hour drive, go down and check out the Golden Eagles. It's very rare that we take on Ohio State in anything, so I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to play out. Um but hey, our good friend uh, Chad Dickens will be there. Tweeted there you at go. me. Go, yeah, yeah. yeah. He lives in the area, so shout out to Chad. Somebody get that man some fireball. <laughs> It'll be a good time. <laughs> the next Tuesday, the Golden Eagles return to action in Tuscaloosa, taking on the Crimson Tide. Last year, you know that was a game that kind of bit us in the butt. Uh, a game that we probably should have won, but they, you know, they took it from us. So hopefully, um, we can come out and enact some revenge on the Tide. Next Tuesday. When's the next game at the Pete? Next game at the Pete. Uh, you know, it felt like it was going to be a long drought, but it really wasn't after this UTM Martin game. Uh, UT Martin game uh, taking on Georgia Southern in Hattiesburg on March the 9th. So just okay. uh, a week from Friday. So nice. Got some got some action coming back up at the Pete. It'll be great to get out there against Georgia Southern. So hopefully we can figure out this this pitching thing. Uh, you know, and some guys had solid weekends. Don't get me wrong, but it, it, it's you know we kind of knew it could be a liability, and hopefully as the season goes on, they'll continue to get better and and, and figure things out. Well, hey, you know this is and this is another reason that um, 
that we brought in uh, Ostrander. Right. Um, he's kind of the, the, you know, the pitching whisperer, if you will. And um, he did a great job at La Tech last year. And, um, and hey, well, we'll see what he's got going. You know, we'll, we'll see what uh, what he has. You know, and, you know, the thing about, just real quick, it's not that we uh, walked a lot of guys. Um, typically, that happens. Um, you know, when, when you have players with ability, like J.C. Keys, like Alex Nelms, <clears throat> um, and to a degree, Stevie Powers, uh, none of those guys really walked anybody uh, and, and, and just found the barrel of the bat a lot. So the good thing is they're throwing strikes. The bad thing is they're throwing them in hittable locations. So that's where Ostrander comes in. But I, I can tell you from coaching that it's I, I in my opinion it's a little bit easier to work with a guy who's who's filling up the zone as it is to he doesn't know where in the world it's going. So just kind of fine tuning, and I think we'll be fine. And if you're going to have these problems, it's a heck of a lot better to have them now than it is when it gets hot outside. Oh, absolutely. Well. I think we've covered baseball for the most part this week. Let's move on to basketball. Um, That's not going to take long. <laughs> Golden Eagles dropped both games in Texas this week, falling 64-56 to to UTSA in uh, San Antonio and falling 73-44 to to UTEP on senior night in El Paso. So, you know, Golden Eagles in the midst of a four-game losing streak as it sits right now. Golden Eagles are 13 and 17 on the year, 6 and 11 in conference. We kind of expected some progress this year. Did we get it? Or not worse, but that's like saying a company you took your share from one to one and a half. Right. You grew it, but, you know, let's be honest. So, anyway, I made a couple notes on these basketball games. UTSA game. UTSA is sitting at uh, sixteen and twelve, nine and six in conference, um, and like you said, we're thirteen and seventeen, six and eleven. So I don't know, comparable, right? Playing on the home floor. I know this. It, that, that's that's tougher. Uh, we didn't get totally hammered in that game, but um, the big three, as I like to call them, Cortez Edwards ended up with twelve points, two blocks, three steals in thirty-eight minutes. And if I'm right, he's the only guy that's represented on the at the uh, Howell Trophy. It, you we got to talk about that too. Okay. Uh, also, um, Tyree Griffin added 17 points, four assists, and played 37 minutes. And Dominic McGee, of course, he didn't play all the minutes because Doc hates him. Uh, he had nine <laughs> points on only 26 minutes. Um, the UTEP game, following that, UTEP that that's a game that when we played them here, we had like a 27 point lead at one point, and then I don't know, ended up beating them by 15 or so. We're clearly better than UTEP. They have a record of 10 and 18, 5 and 11. Um, the only notes that I had to make for that was Tyree Griffin with 20 points because we, you know, and this that is, game was no good. This is a UTEP team with an RPI of 291. They beat us by 29 points. 291. The, the RPI number 291 housed our guys by 29 points. So, it, it, to me, it's kind of hard to see. I know we've – I mean, you could see we've got some better talent this year, but, you know, you kind of alluded to it off the air. It kind of seems like the team has given up a little bit. Well, I mean, and at the very end – look, this is – you know, I, I get killed on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. With a few 
specific people that love the basketball program. And it's all right for us to disagree. Um, as long as nothing gets personal, I don't care. But uh, people that defend Doc, their main calling card to defend him has been that the guys play hard. They, they never stop, and, and they're not wrong um, until that UTEP game. And now they're wrong because they absolutely quit. And um, Well, I mean, I've seen them play – I mean, the past few years, there will be times where they'll play extremely hard, and then there's times they'll play extremely lackadaisical. So, it's like, yeah, I get they play hard situationally, but mm-hmm. consistently – I haven't seen it. I mean, yeah, they'll they'll try hard, but there's times where it'll just be just like a mental lapse out there on the court. And I, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I they don't play hard consistently. They do play hard a lot of the time, but I don't I don't know this necessarily. I wonder what I wonder what Doc's trying to get out of this last home game. We play La Tech Saturday. Correct. This Saturday. Yeah, it, it is March the third. This okay. Saturday, four thirty p.m. at Reed Green Coliseum, taking on. Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. What does Doc want to get out of that? Do you is this one of those deals where you want to rest some guys and just get smoked? Well, I mean, it's a situation. You only have one game this week. I would think you'd like to get some minutes in before the. I mean, you don't want them to come in just too cold. I mean, honestly, he doesn't. And let me clarify this: we usually are pretty positive about things on here and not really try to get in too much negativity on the show. But I mean, after the way that UTEP game played out, I think it's warranted. Um, and doc to me mentally doesn't seem like a guy that thinks he can coach his team to win this tournament. So there's, yeah. And I'll say, I've just, you know, I reached my tipping point. That's just what I did. I think yeah. you reached your tipping, you reached your tipping point way sooner than I did. I, I've reached mine and it's not like I'm pulling against them. No, I would love for I would you know, love I, nothing I, more hey, for them to come and, up and win the tournament. I'll say, as far as the positive points goes, uh, we have the ability. I don't not positive it's going to happen. We have the ability to absolutely just light it up from three point land, and if you can do that in a tournament, you know you can put together these 12, 15 o runs that just propel you to a victory. Um, so yeah, as weird as it sounds, as negative as that whole like five minute span was, <laughs> and none of it was wrong. But as bad as that was, uh, we just, we still do have players. I believe in these players. I believe that they're used incorrectly a lot of the time, but I believe in the players. I think they have um, talent. I think that Kevin Holland has hit a cold streak, and I don't expect that to keep happening. He's too good of a shooter. He was too good of a shooter for two-thirds of the season. Um, I expect if Dominic McGee ever gets anywhere near 40 minutes and he's going to routinely put up, like, you know, 17 points, Eight assists, seven rebound type of day, like flirting with double double, triple doubles. I've I, I think that Cortez Edwards is one of the top five players in the league. I think we've got a lot of pieces to the puzzle, but it all kind of hinges on uh, draining threes. And um, that's a live by the three, die by the three. Yeah, I mean that's which is fine. Which which is fine. That you know we don't have any huge inside presence. That's okay. But um, but yeah, for, for for Doc to be able to take this team. And do any kind of damage in the uh, tournament, he's gonna have to get them motivated, which they were not at UTEP. He's gonna have to get them um, healthy, which I think we are, and he's gonna have to just somehow find open look after open look, and we're gonna have to knock them down. Well, as it sits right now, I believe the Golden Eagles would be the 11th seed in the tournament. You know, they only take 12; they don't take all 14. So that would put us against Western. Well. No, don't they have the first four get a bye? Oh, okay. So I guess that would pair us with UAB. Great. 
Uh, <laughs> huh. uh, you know, even though the Blazers are... And we're playing like at a football field or something? Playing at, at some facility at the, uh, the Cowboys in Frisco, Texas, so I'm not sure exactly where it's at, but um, hopefully Judy can bust in some folks to watch it. I don't it know. It was remarkable my, my dog hadn't barked yet, by the way. Yeah. Good boy, Dash. Uh, great environment out here on the Bailey back porch. <laughs> I love it, man. I, we need to have a round table. We need more um, microphones. Yeah. We can make it happen. So you mentioned earlier that Cortez Edwards was the Southern Miss nominee for the Howell Trophy, which is great. And he's had a great year. I don't expect him to win. But if you look at how these awards shaped up, Cortez is the only – player that's not a Mississippi State Bulldog and either the Gillum or Howe trophy that's for the best the allegedly the best women's college basketball player and allegedly the best men's college basketball player he's the only one that's not a Mississippi State Bulldog is that normal that, I don't, that, that, that you just take I thought you always picked like one from each team or in football they do and I totally get the year that the Mississippi State women are having I mean I haven't Absolutely. watched them but I yeah. mean they're having a ridiculous well, year like number totally two in the country that. or something yeah but yeah. for it to be that I mean you wouldn't see it the other way around. No. You, you just wouldn't. You definitely and, would not. And uh, I switched to Verizon this week. I know Ceasefire sponsors us, but <laughs> I feel good about my decision, especially after the way Edo got housed the past two years. My reception's been better. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Exactly. Uh, so Verizon, hey, you may want to pick up some sponsorships. To the top talk, that'd be a great one. I totally agree. Um, but, hey, shout out to Cortez. For, I mean, I'm really, honestly, I'm surprised that he got that nod. It, it, even though he's had a solid year, I'm kind of surprised that he was the lone, you know, person from another team in either sport to get recognized. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm kind of like you. I don't keep up with anybody else but Southern. But, I, I mean, anybody who listens to the show knows, or just knows me knows that that's been my favorite player Yeah, for two years. And I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad he's getting some respect. And, um and, and he's a guy who will never go out of his way to try to garner any sort of extra attention. Uh, so it's nice to see, and I'm glad he's going to get to go. And, um, and you know, I'd like to say fingers crossed he's going to win it, but uh, I'm just glad that he's finally getting some uh, some overdue credit. Okay, so hypothetical. Do you think that John Gilbert renews – does the auto renew on Doc Sadler's contract, or do you think he um, gives it the axe uh, for another year? I don't think he. I don't think. I don't think we have the resources to the, this, terminate the contract. We're still sitting at after this season. Two more years. Two more. Right. Um. No, I don't think so either. I mean, you still have two more to go. I mean, yeah. pr- prove your worth. Exactly. I'm not positive he even wants to be here. I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I know people say what they will about John Gilbert, but the fact that he pretty much arrived here and then did not renew it last year, knowing what he knows about what the Right off the bat. Through, I mean, yeah. he hadn't been on campus for two weeks. Uh-uh. So, I mean, I think he, I think he, he's not going to come out and slam anybody. Personally, that's, that's not what an athletic director should be doing, but I would really be surprised if he did the, let the auto renew go this year. And for those that don't know, basically, the contract that Doc Sadler received, um, when the contract just automatically renews at the end of every year, unless he is told that it's not being renewed for that year. Yeah, you have like a short window in order yeah. to decide that. Yeah. And Gilbert, that's the only card that he can play. 
Yeah, so he played it. And unless anybody out there has some buyout money they want to start dishing out, uh, we're pretty much going to be stuck for the next couple of years. Well, and and you know, I always have to tread lightly because um, I I feel like I've given the benefit of the doubt for um, long enough. That being said, Sutterman's job is not an easy job. No, it's not an easy job and, at all. And, and, and that's that's more the problem that I have with Doc. That outside of X's and O's and whatever, you know, we talked to Trevor Ritchie. He said he's going to practices. Says the guy's brilliant. Yeah, I've been to practices. I don't know. He says a lot. You know, he he beats his head against the wall trying to get players to do certain things. Whatever. Uh, my problem was, and you put it best, is just we didn't agree with the fit. Yeah. At the time, the Southern Miss job, you play in a relic of an arena. Um, that looks this great when there's seven thousand people there. When there's not, it's not a very good place to play. Um, you are located in a non-traditional or non-basketball rich recruiting ground. You are at a school that's basically only had what, maybe two, possibly three short lived basketball, great runs in the history of the school. Uh, and at a school where football and baseball dominate. So none of those things make it easy. All of those things lend itself to somebody who is willing to get out in the, you know, and endear themselves to fans as well as be a great X and O guy. Um, yeah, we ju- we need somebody that can breathe new life into the program. Yeah, and for those that don't live around here, um, I've seen some chatter on, and and I think he's been pretty public with it. Toby Barker wants to try to help get a new arena, and it's going to take some excitement, and it may take a vote of some kind for that to happen. And when you have a coach that just sits around like a knot on a log and it doesn't really make any effort to draw people in, I mean, it's kind of an old-school guy just thinks he can coach. I mean, I could tell from the opening press conference that it was a bad fit. You could tell the same thing. We we just hope, fingers crossed, you just hope for the best that he can make it happen. But I haven't seen anything to lead me to believe that we're ever going to – our ceiling is anything better than a 500 team. Um so, hey, hopefully he'll just do the right thing and move on this year. Maybe he can go and be on Fred Hoiberg's staff or something like that. I mean, I, I don't know. but uh, Nice guy, bad fit. Exactly. He'd be a great assistant coach. Uh, that that would be, you know, I think where he'd be better uh, a better fit. And you look back at the record at Nebraska, and you look back at, you know, he had one or two years, two good years over a decade ago at UTEP. I mean, it's just it's just uh, not a Southern Miss guy. I'll say this to to close out the doc thing. When we've had coaches in the past, and I'll, I'll talk about just real quick, like Todd Munkin, when he was when he got here, basically there was no actual sanctions, but pretty much had you know limitations beyond belief based on Ellis, right? Right. People liked Todd, and you could tell the the program was moving in the right direction the whole time. Even when we were losing games, you could see it. If you went to the games, you could you could you could see it. We talked about it on the show. Um, and Todd, to me anyway, always acted like he kind of wanted to be here. Yeah. And um, and for whatever reason, maybe it's just me being pessimistic. I've just never felt that way about Doc. So, well, dude, I mean, if you look back at Twitter when he first arrived, I mean, there was somebody. First off, it took him forever to even tweet anything about Southern Miss, if you look at the Twitter side of things. But somebody, one of the like media out of Iowa State talked about how Doc was watching all the Iowa State games and reporting back to them with 
notes and stuff. And I'm like, Southern Miss is tanking right now. This is before the sanctions came out. You should be watching Southern Miss and, and you know, trying to uh, get them better before you worry about what happened at your old team. I I just remember the point I was trying to make a minute ago. <laughs> okay. Um, so, so when Todd was going through all this, every time you read a report from Munns or from Patrick McGee or – or Darty or anybody, um, if they quoted a player, the quote the player was always, or not always, but most of the time, had something positive to say about coach. We believe him in what he's doing. Uh, he's got us going in the right direction. Um, we've still got to learn, but we're getting better every day. I don't see that kind of stuff coming out of our base our basketball players. Mm-hmm. I don't see many people from former programs coming to Doc's defense. Yeah, I'm not making any of that up. That's just fact. If you know any of it, tweet it at me. And, but and, I didn't and, see it. and we understand what happened with the sanctions and, and, and I mean it was tough. It was it was it yeah. was an insurmountable task. Right. And I'm not sure Coach K could have done it. But I think we've proven that Doc can't. So Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I, hopefully we can get some new 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 blood into the program hey. really soon. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we were gonna go down this road, but since we have yeah, I, is, gloves are. I mean, the, 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 I'm, I'm past is, the point this, of carrying. This is a funny story. All right. So I get a call this week from Southern Miss ticket office while I'm working, and I answer it, and they said, uh, "Yeah, we're doing a survey of season ticket holders for the basketball." I said, "Okay, what you got?" I said, "Well, is there anything that we could have done this year to improve <laughs> your experience?" I said, "Fire Doc." The young lady on the other side started laughing. I said, "Look, I'm serious. Just there's some other things that need to go into it, but we need you know a new life." Now, uh, well, and I understand we we don't have the means to fire the guy. I mean, it's just one of those things you just kind of have to not renew the contract and let it play itself out. And you know, hopefully at some point we can you know get a young guy in here that can you know we don't even have to win. It's just get some excitement going, get somebody that's engaged that 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 it just seems like they want it to do better. Mm-hmm. Because you know? look, that little place is super fun, man. With people sitting around me, absolutely. And when, and when nobody's sitting around me, and you're gonna uh, you're gonna need more involvement. You're gonna need more engagement from the community to be able to get the new arena. I never would have thought that I would say that Larry Eustachy was way more uh, ingrained into the uh, you know neighborhood, the neighborhood, just ingrained into the Sutter Miss culture and endearing to the fans than anybody, but. He's one up on Doctor. Yeah, he was. I mean, he. You could tell he didn't necessarily like being around there, but he was always there. Like I saw him all the time. Yeah, he showed up ten minutes late in flip flops for uh, press interviews, but he showed up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he might be available. He, he. I think he is available. He just stepped down. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, but there's some player. Oh, we won't get into all that. Uh, <laughs> So I guess we're kind of doing it old school, old school style tonight, man. This is uh, this has been nice. Not the station, yeah. We get the. We've mics only here. been talked about. We've only been talking about doing it uh, on the back deck here for like two and a half years. Well, now we have some of the means to do it. Oh, that's true. So we need a sponsor. Well, yeah, we'll get. The, we'll figure this out. Um, I'll try to see if there's any update in the baseball game. I guess by the time people hear this, the baseball game will probably be over. Uh, Middle of one, Jalen Key singles at the middle. Matt Warner scores him in with two batters. Uh, Southern Miss won UNO nothing. UNO coming to bat right now, so that's a so good we start. Have Uno we have Uno versus Uno. Uno versus Uno, and they have zero. All right, I guess let's shut it down, dude. 
All right, you guys can follow us on Twitter at To The Top Talk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. Follow Jason at Bumper J Bailey. Next week, I guess we're going to be uh, recapping Southern Miss Athletics, talking about the hopefully uh, a very good performance at the Combine from Corey, talking about Southern Miss baseball in the tournament in Pensacola this weekend, as well as the final Southern Miss basketball game against the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. As bad as the season's gone, I still would like to beat Louisiana Tech. I mean, they just, they're so arrogant, especially when it comes to basketball. And I just kind of like to just take just one last shot at them. Well, they housed us earlier this year. They beat us with 89 to 66 in their territory, but I'll be there for at least a half. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, you got any final thoughts tonight, Jason? Yeah, good to hear from our good friend, uh, Nathan Hosey. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, okay, goodness. so yeah, for great. the longtime listeners of the show, I did get a, a tweet from Nathan Hosey. I guess he had it, he had it down to the second, like he a fifty-one <laughs> forty-seven or something. He said we were, uh, what was it playing basketball at the Pete? Yeah, he said that I said that we and I, I didn't go back to verify that I had actually <laughs> done such things. But Nathan Hosey tweeted at 5117 of the latest episode of to the top talk usm basketball played a couple of games at the pete so yeah that's my bad uh we did not play at the pete we maybe we should play at the pete we should play at the pete let's do it much better home record well i don't know home record wasn't bad at basketball well i think we were playing baseball at the pete and the people were walking over to the greenhouse so or the yurt or whatever you want to call it but uh if you guys um you see Nathan Hosey on Twitter, hit mute. That's what, <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what I'm planning on doing. All right, dude, any final thoughts? Anything I'm missing? No, man. I think we're good. Yep. All right, you guys look for To The Top Talk on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Subscribe, give us a rating and a review and whatnot. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Southern Miss to the top.